everyone. Welcome to Seeking Life Podcast, learning to pursue a life of eudaimonia. That's generally our goal here. I'm your host, Shaylor Kino. This is episode 15, Morality Wars. Welcome back, everybody. I hope we're enjoying everything so far. And this week, I figured it's about time that we get to talking about morality more in depth. I know I've talked about it a little bit very briefly before and put it off to later, and I think that it's a good time to get into that now. So when I say morality wars, I'm actually kind of trying to make a play on Avengers movie Infinity War, and I'll make that a lot more obvious as to why that is when we get well into our episode a bit. But essentially, something that is really present in Avengers Infinity War, which if you haven't seen it, I'm a big fan of Marvel movies, so definitely go watch them. But something that's really present in that movie is a battle and a struggle between different moral systems. More than anything else that's going on in that movie, both... The Avengers and then Thanos have different ideas of how morality works and what right action is, and that's why they get into conflict with one another. And I think that's a really common thing to happen in our society is most of the time you're not going to find people who are acting in ways that they just deem are wrong. Everyone wants to act in ways that are right. I think we can all generally agree about that. But the way we evaluate whether an action is moral or not is entirely different. So today we're going to go in, discuss kind of the three primary moral systems that people will use. These are deontology, consequentialism, and virtue ethics. So kind of some big words there. We'll get to discussing them a little bit more in depth later, but just going to give an overview of morality as a whole. So. We'll go ahead and get into that and start with deontology. So essentially what deontology is, is judging a moral system where actions are right or wrong in themselves. So way to put that in simple terms is if you've got means and ends in a situation, deontology is a means type of morality. It's based on what you're doing not necessarily what happens as a result, but the actions in them themselves and everything like that. So it's a really famous moral system in a lot of ways, just saying like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Why? Just because it's wrong. That's kind of the answer that you'll get a lot if you're going with more of a deontological system of ethics is, no, we can't do that one thing because that action, no matter what, is consistently wrong. A really famous philosopher who advocates for the system is Immanuel Kant. He is a big, big guy on deontology, and he essentially submits what he is referred to as Kant's categorical imperative, just kind of a rule to judge ethics to see if things actually would fall into the system. Loosely speaking, the categorical imperative is that you should act in a way so that you can will your action to become a universal law. 
Basically, what that means is that whatever I'm going to do, if I were to will every other person on earth to do it as a universal law, that would be completely okay. And it would be consistent and everything would be fine. So really common example of this of a heavier moral issue is going to be in regards to murder. I'm not going to murder. I'm going to will that not everybody else will murder too. I would totally have that be a universal law that no one should murder. In fact, I would say that kind of is a universal law. And then, yeah, that stands. And you've got that system that says, okay, murder in and of itself, just straight up wrong off the bat. You could also apply that to stealing. You don't want to just will everyone to go and steal. You want to will people to not steal as a universal law. Stealing is wrong. Okay. Seems pretty reasonable. You've got rules that come about from things like that. You kind of get a more golden rule-esque morality, treat others the way you want to be treated, but it's taken to more of an extreme than that because it's not just treating others how you want to be treated. It's acting how you want everyone to always act. And that's a lot farther down the line than just a typical golden rule type of morality situation. But golden rule morality would typically would fall still under deontology. It's just not quite to the same extent of deontology as a whole. So you got this system and it's a really, really common one for people to use. All of these are going to be common, honestly. I didn't pick any obscure systems. Actually, I don't really know of many obscure moral systems unless you're just saying morality is whatever I choose it to be. Nietzsche does that a little bit, but he's Nietzsche. So, you know, he does, he does what he does. But <laughs> so back to deontology, this kind of is the system of ethics and morality that the Avengers end up using in Infinity War and other Avengers movies and stuff. So essentially a big thing that they say throughout that movie is we don't trade lives. That's not something we do. It's wrong to trade lives. And that's the sort of situation that you can kind of get into with deontology is that you have a principle that you hold at all costs. You will do nothing whatsoever to sacrifice it it's just an unyielding principle, which depending on the issue you're talking about and who you are, you could see that as a good or a bad thing. I mean, I would say generally, if you have proper morality, then it should be unyielding. But a common question that gets brought up with deontology is in regards to lying. So... I mean, the immediate response is to say, yes, lying is wrong in and of itself always. I'm hesitant to say that lying is always wrong. Actually, no, I'm just going to straight up say lying isn't always wrong. Maybe a bit of a hot take there, but they've got people that back me on this to some extent. The common example that gets cited, though, if you're talking about deontology and you're saying lying is always wrong, just because in and of itself, lying is a wrong thing to do. You can't will everyone to lie and be a 
okay with that, which, yeah, that's true. You can't because then the world would just go to chaos if everyone just lied all the time. So that's not okay. But there are some situations where lying is an acceptable and even an encouraged action. And these get brought up a lot when discussing deontology. The most famous of these cases is, say, we're in the time period of World War II and you live in Nazi Germany and then you're sheltering some Jews in your basement to try to save them and protect them and some Nazi agents come up to your door and ask you, do you have any Jews sheltered here? Deontologically speaking, you shouldn't lie. It would be wrong to lie. So you say, yes, I'm sheltering them and... Well, I mean, we know what happens with World War II, so that's not going to end up being a good situation. But Kant would say you could walk away from that, be completely morally fine with what you're doing because it wasn't you who did anything wrong. You did everything right. If there were anything negative that happened, it was other people and you're not responsible. And, I mean, that's a case to be made. Maybe you aren't morally responsible, but... For me, that's hard to say that deontology can stand up in that sort of situation. And that's why kind of the response then, not necessarily response, but the alternative system that's most common, aside from deontology, is consequentialism, which is basically judging morality the exact opposite way that deontology does. Consequentialism then goes and says that actions are right and wrong based on their consequences. So this would be an ends-based morality. Essentially saying that whatever happens because of your action, irrelevant to what the action itself actually is, you judge its morality based on the consequence. So, in the example that we just gave about World War II-esque Germany, you would then completely be fine lying in that situation, saying, no, not sheltering anybody, and then the Nazis leave, and you save some lives, and completely good moral action, which is an extremely compelling case, I would say. Yeah, you want to save lives. That's always a good thing morally. Also, sorry if my voice sounds a little scratchy, kind of sickly, and then also football season going on at school, yelling and screaming a lot, so my voice is a little rough right now but going back to consequentialism now for a second um yeah so basically just you judge actions based on the consequence which then also in the areas that i mentioned earlier of murder and stealing if you want to go and look at those at a case-by-case basis murder probably most of the time murder is still wrong however if you're going to say murder a serial killer or a sociopath or something and you have the ability to just straight up murder them then that's okay because you're saving more other lives so i mean that's a interesting whole mess of a topic on its own but consequentialism would say that that's okay stealing typically probably gonna be wrong under consequentialism however 
If you've got like a Robin Hood style stealing where you're stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, it doesn't really hurt the rich and helps people out, then consequentialism would say that's okay. So, I mean, yeah, take that how you will. Just various different ways to look at it there. Just you judge morality based on whatever ends up happening. So kind of a subset of consequentialism that I want to talk about because it's going to be one of the more emphasized areas of it is going to be utilitarianism. So this is essentially principle that whatever is most moral is the thing that is most beneficial to the most people based on consequences in this situation. So John Stuart Mill is a big, big advocate for utilitarianism. He wrote a book called Utilitarianism that I've read some of, and there's a lot of good good stuff in there. He gives some nice, good arguments and everything. Then there's also stuff that makes you, well, at least makes me a little bit more hesitant to listen to what he's saying. And yeah, but utilitarianism is going to be a really common thing. And it makes a lot of sense, honestly. Any moral system is going to make a lot of sense. These people who make them and come up with them aren't not thinking. They know what they're doing. They're trying to make a good, solid system. So utilitarianism is trying to create the best situation for as many people as possible. That's an admirable thing to do. It's great. We want everyone to be doing good. So, I mean, it logically kind of makes sense that we'd want the most people to be doing good, right? I mean, in general, yes. However, utilitarianism also is a Thanos morality. I mean, really, if you think about it in Infinity War, what Thanos is trying to do is have the remaining people be able to survive and thrive and live much better lives than if he didn't snap. And while, I mean, obviously we, if anyone watches that or likes it, we know that snapping and getting rid of half of the universe's population is not something that we want to do, more likely than not. But I actually think that in that movie, Thanos was a compelling villain because he thought what he was doing was right. And he had a case to be made in an extent. Because basically, Thanos is just going with a really extreme version of utilitarianism based on what he's observed in the world and how it works and everything like that. So, wow many people, probably most people, would say that Thanos is wrong. At the same time, a case can be made that he's right, at least if his understandings of overpopulation and things like that are right, which scientifically there's really strong evidence that overpopulation isn't actually a real problem and stuff like that. But that's that's an entirely different issue, and I'm not a scientist, so not my area of expertise either. But still, in regards to all of this, 
Thanos has moral ground. And then as a result, in those last two Avengers movies, whenever you get into what's going on and look at it on a deep level, you've got a system of deontology from the Avengers and a system of utilitarianism from Thanos that are just conflicting with one another. That's really where the fight is, is it's not a fight of, oh, someone wants to take over the world and just create evil and chaos or something like that, which happens a decent amount in superhero-style movies or movies in general. But I think a large part of why that movie, at least for me, was compelling is because it, in a way, reflects a real struggle that we have in society, which is this argument and fight and battle and war over what actually is moral. Because that's something that we have going on all of the time. Very, very few people in the world are going to just straight up do things that they don't think are right. I think that's something that lots of us forget a lot, especially in a political setting. Uh, election coming up soon in America and all sorts of political controversy and things going on. And something that bothers me about this is often both sides just kind of vilify each other, which I don't like. Civil discourse is something that needs to be improved in this country and other places and stuff, but that's topic for a different time as well. But understanding what's going on better means trying to look at the way that each side is judging things morally. Because if we look at morality, both sides probably think that they have a moral system and they're doing what's right. If Even if you completely disagree and don't think that's the case, it's always better to give people the benefit of the doubt and think and say they're probably doing what's right from how they understand the world. More often than not, that's going to be the case. So we should just start there with morality in general. Respect other people's view that their morality is right. This doesn't necessarily imply that it is, but they at least believe it is. If we just start discussions from that form of respect, you can accomplish whole, a whole much more. So get off of soapbox there for a bit and go on to talking about the last section of morality that I'm going to today. And this third moral system is virtue ethics. So this is essentially saying that ethics and morality are based on virtue and character rather than specifically means or ends and the or actions and consequences. Those can play in to virtue ethics, which is part of why I personally like this system, because there's a lot more moving pieces going on. It's not just that one strict, we have this strict criteria of judgment. Well, there is a strict criteria of judgment, but it's a little bit more flexible. It's not a strict criteria of 
whatever specifically action is being taken determines it or whatever happens as a result of the action is being what we're using instead we're using virtue to judge morality which i think is a much much better way to do so and a big person who would agree with me on this is aristotle aristotle is kind of original guy for virtue ethics but i mean if we think about the way that i talked about virtue back in episode six why virtue i defined virtue as proper action given the circumstances and obviously that's a really vague definition of virtue and that was intentional when i did it and it's still intentional now but a virtue based morality is also the vaguest moral system which is part of why it's still super contested is because what is virtue ethics it, i mean it depends on the situation what's virtuous then it depends on what's ethical and moral and everything like that so it's a lot more complicated as to what's going on but I mean, I realize that just kind of by nature of how I'm defining things, it kind of makes virtue ethics a ultimately defendable place because I said that it's right and proper action. Obviously, we're going to think that morality is right and proper action. So I may have rigged things, I guess, unintentionally a little bit towards a virtue ethics type moral system. And I'll go ahead and grant that. Because, I mean, if I'm just going to say that morality is acting rightly, I mean, that's kind of cheating a little bit, I think. But at the same time, is morality not acting rightly? Essentially, if you're going with a virtue-based moral system, you're saying the consistent rule to apply to determine morality is that morality consistently depends on the situation that it is. Kind of saying that morality can be inconsistent. And I realize that's a really, really weird thing to say. And I am slightly hesitant to accept that statement as completely true myself. I don't like saying that morality can be inconsistent. But there's always going to be some strange exception where morality is weird and different than you would think it could be. And if you're basing it on virtue... And acting virtuously, developing that character in yourself to be a person who does right action, then you also will be a moral person. Something that I just kind of notice a lot when I'm trying to understand other people and myself and look for is that I look for consistency. If I disagree with someone or if I'm trying to figure something out with myself, the number one thing that I'll look for is consistency. So if I disagree with you, but your beliefs are consistent, 
I immediately will respect you a lot. If your beliefs are inconsistent, then I'll still respect you, but I want to help you get those beliefs at least consistent, even then if they end up disagreeing with what mine are. And then for myself, I want consistent beliefs as well. So when I talk about morality than being inconsistent, obviously I'm very hesitant and don't like that as much. But I don't actually think that I'm directly saying morality is inconsistent because morality is going to be based on right action no matter what, always. That is a consistent set standard. And what right action is most of the time is going to be the same. Almost always, right action is going to be pretty consistent. You're just going to have some weird situations where if you were to apply just the standard of this is how you treat this case every time, then you end up with non-right action in these exceptional situations, and I want to avoid that, which is why I want to say it's based on right action primarily because if you're based on that right action you can account for situations and remain consistent with your thought process and this virtue ethic system is going to have deontology play into it it'll have consequentialism play in as well it'll have general principles from both of those so you might take the principle in deontology that lying is wrong but then also evaluate that consequentially and say, okay, but in this specific situation, the consequences of me lying are really bad, so the right action would be to lie. And then you kind of get a system that in a way blends the other two while also adding in some extra elements of that virtue. And it creates just a kind of new system. And I, I wish that I could tie this back into some Avengers-oriented things with a virtue ethics type Avengers situation. But, I mean, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, spoiler alert, just real quick. But maybe when Iron Man decides to go ahead and make things be done that way, um, that you could say kind of is virtue ethics because obviously deontologically don't really want to sacrifice yourself you don't want to die that's typically going to be unadvisable and but consequentially that's going to be something that's really really good uh, well it saves everybody and then all that stuff so yeah that could potentially be a virtue ethics example of robert downey jr snapping to save the world yeah maybe we'll see but that's our general summary of morality. It's a couple different moral systems there. If anybody wants to discuss these a little more, feel free to reach out. I love hearing from everybody who's listening. So, yeah, I hope that we've learned some more about morality today. If you want to go back and rewatch Avengers Infinity War and think about this a little bit, uh, you, can, you can do that if you want. You can not do that. It's just kind of a fun area and thing to do just... I love watching movies from a philosophical perspective. There, Then you get to have the entertainment value and the extra philosophical value, but that's, that's not on today's topic. Thank you for listening to Seeking Life this week. I hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. If you are, please subscribe and leave a review. 
We'll be back again next week to keep on seeking life together. Thank you again, guys.